Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to church. Good morning. Come on, good morning. You're still here. You're still alive. God's still on the throne. Come on, it's a good morning. It's a good day. So glad you could make it here with us. For those of you that are watching online from all around, at least East Texas, we are so glad that you're tuning in. For those of you who are in quarantine and lockdown, hey, we are praying for you. We're believing God's best for you. We're believing for healing that is coming soon. You hang in there. We got you. If you would like to, grab your Bible. Let's follow along. Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be spending some time today. I believe that God has a powerful word. He's going to speak to each of us, meet us right where we are, and help to encourage us, give us all the things that we need to accomplish his purpose for our lives. We're going to continue on with our series called Unsubscribe. Would you say that with me? Unsubscribe. It's about letting go of things that we thought we needed that we didn't realize came with a, a lot of junk. This is what happens when we subscribe to one thing thinking that we're interested. It ends up opening the world to a lot of other things that we didn't quite know that we were gonna get. Thankfully, we can unsubscribe from a few of these things. And I think that's what the Lord is asking us to do in this time as we're, as we're, uh, as we're all together on the same page. This, you know, The entire world is kind of feeling the same way, experiencing the same things. And this may be the, the first time, at least in my lifetime, that I've seen the entire world kind of on the same page. We saw, we saw a lot of our country there at September the 11th, uh, many, many years ago. It's like our country began to unite and began to feel the same things, but now we're seeing it on a global level as everyone's experiencing the same amount of pain and frustration, anxieties, and stresses. And so I want to talk about uh, where does these things go from healthy to unhealthy? Where does it go from the things that the Lord is asking me to do to the things that this is just my mind going crazy, okay? And how to separate between what's healthy, what's Unhealthy And the unhealthy things we can choose to unsubscribe from and say, Lord, this is not what you want for me. This is not your will. This is not your plan. I want to choose something better. Somebody say amen. amen. Unsubscribe. Today I want to talk about unsubscribing from control. Somebody say control. 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 Now control is a wonderful thing until it's not. We want you in control of some things and then some things, it's like, that's out of control. You tried to control it, it got out of control because you're a control freak. Now, for all of us in this room that can bear witness with me, I am a control freak. Unapologetically, it is who I am. I like to be in control. I like to be in charge. And as a matter of fact, if you want to see the worst part of me, don't give me anything to do. I will, I, I will do things that are not right. I will get into trouble. I will pull pranks. I get bored. I need a list. Where are my list, people? I need a list. I need a list of things to do so I can check it off as I'm doing them. And I will even add things onto that list just so I can check them off. I want the list. I want to, I want to have control. I want to feel like I've got control over my day, even though, honestly, do you really? No. No, you don't. I like to be in control. There are some things that are good to control, some things not so much. It's good to control your weight. I don't like it, but it's good for me. It's, it's good to control your temper. It's good for all of us. But you know, there's a time, there's a time to let it, all, let it off the chain. Like there's a time where you're like, no, I will not. What's the difference between when it's healthy, when it's unhealthy? I like to be in control. I am not a fan of anything that I'm not in control of. If we're in a car, I'm driving. I'm always driving. I've never not driven. It's me. Because if we're going to die, it's going to be my fault, not anybody else's. 
Like, how is, are you okay, Pastor? Like, no, I'm just telling you. I can't handle the thought of someone else being in control. It's weird. I get it. But it's honest. And someone asks, you know, well, do you think that someone's going to, like, die that's in control or going to lead it and make bad decisions? Yes, all of that. Absolutely. I don't like to fly because what if it's the pilot's time to go? Some of you have never thought about that until just now. Like, I've given you something new to worry about. You're, you're welcome. I don't like roller coasters. No, God never meant for us to do that. Leave, leave that. To, I, I've been on a ton of them because I feel like I could overcome my fears by making myself do the things that I'm afraid of. No, it doesn't make it better. It makes it worse because now it's in reality I'm afraid. And before I was just afraid of my mind. Now I know I'm afraid of it. And as a youth pastor, we used to take a bunch of kids and we'd do theme parks and stuff and I would always have to be, you know, you're the youth pastor, so you're cool. You gotta lead the charge and do all the crazy thing. I hated it. I hated all of it. Anything where I was not in control, I'm out. Unless you challenged me and then my pride would kick in and I'd have to do it. I remember the first time riding the Titan at Six Flags. This is, that's the devil. God never meant for us to go that high and to come down that fast without wings. But I rode the front car because all of the youth kids are with me and we're all gonna do it together and our pastor's in front. He's so brave. No, he's not. No, he's not. There, there, was, there were some negative things that were happening to my physical body that should not have happened. That I was embarrassed. This, this is not good for me because I'm not in control. What about when the entire world is out of control? What is it? that comes to the surface of your heart, of your life, of your marriage, of your emotions, out of your mouth, what are the things that you can say, hey, when life's out of control, I respond this way? Because generally, it's not good. And I'm gonna lead the charge and say, let me be honest and throw myself out in the middle of this. I am the world's worst. I like to be in control. I like it. I like it a lot. I really don't like what anybody else is because I don't trust you. It's hard for me. And for the rest of us that are control freaks, we have found a home. <laughs> this is the church for us. But we falsely believe that greater control leads to more freedom, security, and satisfaction. I falsely believe that if people would just do what I tell them to do, it would make me feel a whole lot better. It would make me feel satisfied. I'd have purpose. I'd be able to rest because everything is in order and it's in its place and there's freedom there if everyone would just shut up and do what I tell them to do. I'm sure no one else has ever felt like that. It's just me. I'm being honest. I'm pouring out myself today, but I'm, I'm the only one in the room that feels that way. No, it's a foolish thing to believe that more control gives you more freedom. No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, the things that it begins to pull out inside of each of us are not good things. The truth is God never designed us to be in full control. And the more that we buy into that myth, the more God begins to take his hands off of what we're doing and say, okay, we'll try it your way. That's not what you want, by the way. Some of us are like, yes, finally. <laughs> no, that's not what you want. You want it his way. And over the past 16, 18 months, our world has, if you could put a label on all of it, man, you could just say out of control, right? Everything's out of control. And what begins to boil to the surface of our hearts as believers are things that are not good. And we will struggle, we will fight, we will do anything to stay in 
control of our little world to feel like we have control. We will manipulate people. We will dominate people. We will argue with people. We will divide over anything as long as we know that at the end of the day, we're back in control because these people have heard a piece of my mind or I'm able to do what I thought should be done to make this person do what I think that they should do. And we see this issue bold to the hearts of a lot of good people around the myth of control. We see it happening in marriages where one will dominate the other one and manipulate to get this person to behave like we think that they should behave. I don't know about you, I've tried it like that. (laughs) That doesn't work. Because I can train a dog, but another human being, they've got their own list of issues. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I've seen this. People don't like to be controlled. There's something that raises up inside of us that says, mm, no, especially as Americans. America, we will not. And it doesn't even matter if it's good for you. Like, no, I won't do it just because. Because you told me I had to. I won't do it. I'm sure that's just me, right? Just me? No? No. What happens? What comes to the surface of your life when you feel like you're out of control? Like you can't control it. Because this is what we're seeing happen on a global scale, not just in the church, but in the world. We're all fighting the same issues, the same fears and worries and anxieties, the same sense of the loss of control. The good thing is this is not new to the Bible. This is not new to the children of God. As a matter of fact, this, 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 this love letter from God is full of people's lives that were out of control, full of situations that were out of control, or at least it seemed that way until you recognize the thread of God's sovereignty through all of it. God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a will. He has a mandate. And his ways are always good. So as we're looking in God's word, I was drawn to uh, Mark chapter four as I, uh, as I began to see myself in the heart of some people that were, that were having a rough day. They had, they had lost all control. And what was coming to the surface of their hearts were the things that Jesus wanted to deal with. And so in Mark chapter four, it brings us to this. And I want you to pay close attention to God's word, if you would, starting at verse 35. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, he being Jesus, let us go over to the other side. And I want you to stop right there for a moment. And I want you to notice that this is Jesus himself speaking to his disciples, saying, we're gonna go, gonna go through this. We're gonna, we're gonna make it. We're gonna go to the other side. Now that should be enough for us. But often it isn't. Why? Because in the first scripture, it says evening had come. It was dark. (laughs) And for many of us that know his word, we know that what's coming next is not just the darkness, but the wind and the waves, where it's more than just a little rain. This is out of control. Moving on, it says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And I want you to notice that it wasn't just outside circumstances, but now these outside circumstances have come inside the boat. You see, it's one thing to walk through life and watch the storms that people are walking through. It's another thing when those things begin to affect your life, when they begin to affect your pocketbook, they begin to affect your business, your marriage, your attitude, your children, your grandchildren begin to affect your social media feed. That's a, 
That's a problem because it's not just out there. Now it's in here. What do we do when the storm that was out there is in here? What do we do when the storm that was out there is in here? It says the waves began to break over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. But where was Jesus? In the stern, sleeping on a cushion. What a time to take a nap. <laughs> I don't know. There may be a prophetic word in there. You're like, I, I can't control it. It's nap time. Sounds good. Melatonin is my friend. It says, the disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And I want you to notice the sarcasm, the snippy that's in this statement. It's not just, hey, wake up. We're all about to die. It's, hey, wake up. Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care that we're about to drown? See, I know you're safe. I know you can walk on water. Well, what about us? <laughs> and sometimes we get into this place where we think that the things that are happening around us, he doesn't care, that he doesn't see, that he's not in the boat with us. Don't you care that we're about to drown? Jesus gets up rebukes the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. The original language reads more like shut up. Now, I know you can't say that in church. <gasps> yes, you can. We're not Baptist. <laughs> but I think it's important that Mark makes a distinction that Jesus says this to the wind and the waves. He didn't say that to us. No, he's not telling us, hey, shut up. He says it to the wind and the waves just to make sure that everyone's clear that Jesus didn't snap back at us. He was speaking to the wind and to the waves. And at the very moment that Jesus rebukes the storm, it says, the wind died down and was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus begins to speak directly to the storm and then to the storm inside of them. Do you still have no faith? Faith, why were you so afraid? Faith in what, Jesus? Faith that I just told you we're gonna cross over to the other side. Faith that I told you this is not how it ends. Faith that I told you this is not the ending of all of it. We've got a job to do. This is not it. And I don't know about you, but as we're looking at the status of our world, it's easy to think, well, might as well just roll over and die. But this, this, we're not at the end yet. Now, I will say this, we're closer than we've ever been but this is not how it ends. So double your dosage, take a deep breath, choose to lay down next to Jesus, say, I wanna be little spoon for a while, hold me. <laughs> Turn this boat into a waterbed real quick. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. But I want you to notice, as soon as the wind and the waves calm down, what does it say? They, being the disciples, were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So really, this is the point where you get terrified? When it's calm? <laughs> Sometimes the moments after the storm are the ones that freak you out the most because you've just been in battle mode. You get the adrenaline's going, you're working as hard as you can, and all of a sudden it's calm and you're through it and you're like, oh dear God, <laughs> are, we, are we okay? Are you okay? Are we okay? Did we make it? How's my hair? <laughs> they were terrified. They said, who is this? Even the wind and the waves, they obey him. 
It's amazing sometimes that the circumstances will obey Jesus faster than we will. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our path. Your word brings illumination. It brings the next step for each of us. And I pray that as we focus our time spent upon your word, that you would open it up to us, help us to understand it, help us to see it, help us to replace this myth of control with trust in you. In Jesus' name, everybody said together, amen, amen. As we're talking about the things that, uh, that we fight to, to keep control, there, I wanna make it very clear that there are some things even on your best day, you cannot control them. Number one, you cannot control the weather. I wish that we could. I promise you, if I had complete control of the weather, there would, uh, there would be a lot more random lightning strikes against a lot of people that I don't like. <laughs> it, would, it would happen. You can't control the weather. You can't control your spouse. You can't. You could can try, but it's not right. You can't control your adult children. You see, at some point, it's great to have control over their lives. They're three. But when they're 53, that's a little weird. We have to learn how to let go. And I'm saying this because as my wife and I are on the, on the precipice of being empty nesters, it is difficult for me to watch my children make their own decisions and not try to have control over them. It is hard for me. I'm a control freak. And there was a time in my life where I was a single father. And for two years, I'm sitting here controlling every aspect of my children's life, trying desperately to make sure that they've got a good future, that they're not as affected by divorce and addiction and loss like many people are. We've had to fight through some horrible things. And you develop some habits in those moments when you're in crisis mode of trying to control things that later on you realize, this is not healthy, I've gotta let go. And the first time you watch your children drive without you being in the car with them, that's... <laughs> Then you get in the car with them and it's worse. <laughs> am, I, am I speaking to myself? Are you okay? Are you, 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 you pick it up when I'm stepping in. It's hard when you watch them make their first road trip and you're just on Life 360 or on Find My Friends watching Blue Dots travel. I'm like, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Help me. It's hard because I'm not in control. How do I get past this need for control? How do I get to a place where I'm putting my faith back into things that are healthy and right for my life and learning to take the next step into letting go? How do I operate when the world has shown me that we're out of control? What am I to do as a believer? I wanna show you a few things as we're talking about unsubscribing from control, and that's remembering that there are some things you have no control over. One of those is God's plan. No, you don't. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan. It's good. You get to be a part of it, but you don't get to be in the driver's seat. You can't control his plan. You can't control the future. You can't control the past. You can't control people's opinion of you. <laughs> and you cannot control cats. <laughs> you could try, but it's been tried. <laughs> I've realized that I can't control other drivers. Man, I wish I could. Oh, if you are doing less than the speed limit, actually, if you're even at the speed limit, move over to the right. Let the rest of us that are control freaks pass you. Lead, follow, or get out of the way. That's my motto. Move. Move over me, mom. Mom, M-O-M. -M. Move over me, mom. That's my motto. Move. 
Get out of the way. And I, I, have, a, I have a difficult time letting that go. <laughs> How do we unsubscribe from control? I wanna say it this way. We defeat that need to control with a choice to trust. Once again, our choices have to lead so that our feelings can follow. In moments where, the li- where life feels out of control, your emotions will drive you anywhere but to the truth. So I defeat that need for control with a choice to trust. What am I putting my trust in? As we're digging into God's word, I wanna give you three things. If you're a note taker, you might wanna write this down. But number one, I choose to trust his knowledge, not mine. I think I'm a smart guy. I think I can figure it all out. But when I'm in a place where life has got me out of control, my knowledge, my wisdom goes right out the door. They say when panic is high, wisdom is low, right? And that's true for me. I make bad decisions when I'm in the middle of panic mode. In those moments, I have to choose to trust that I don't know, I don't have to know, I just have to know the one that does. I have to know in those moments that God is in control that he has a plan, that he is sovereign, and I can trust his character because he's always good. He's always good. Everything he does is good. His word tells me that he's good. It screams of his goodness. In those moments where life is out of control, I take off my thinking cap and put on my trusting cap. I gotta trust you, Lord. I gotta trust you. I've gotta trust you. I have found that in out-of-control moments of my life, Faith seems to be a distant concept. And Jesus brings this right back to marrying the two, fear and faith. He's saying, why were you so afraid? Where is your faith? I wanna make sure that you hear this. I've crafted it into a statement that I'm hoping will stick in your mind. Stop separating faith from real world situations. And we do this as believers On Sunday morning, faith is high, and then Monday, out of control things get you out of control, and we forget what we've just heard. But we'll say, yeah, that's good for those moments when life is great. But right now, I've gotta control this. I gotta fix this. I put my hands all over it and try to make it work and bend to my will. That's not biblical. I have to trust his knowledge when I can't trust mine. And I do that by refusing to separate real world situations from faith. And why is it that we think that faith is like somewhere out in the cosmos, some spiritual thing, we don't apply it to the natural? That's what it's for. Faith is confidence in the goodness of God, confidence in the power of God, confidence in his character, confidence in God. We have to stop separating the two. That's where God does his best work. As a matter of fact, I'll say it this way. Sometimes the way God can show us that he's in control is to push us into situations we can't control. I wanna say it one more time to make sure that you get this. Sometimes the way God can show us that he's in control is to push us into situations we can't control. We don't like it. As control freaks, as human beings, 
but it does something special inside of each of us because life is absolutely 100% gonna give you moments that you can't control, you were never designed to control, and the more you try to control, the worse it gets. These are the moments God does his best work. Trust him. Here's the second point I'm pulling out of this story that I see that will help us when life feels out of control, how to unsubscribe from that need to control. Number two is I choose to trust his promise over my panic. His promise. Now, God's word is full of literally hundreds of promises, and a lot of those promises apply directly to you. Unfortunately, if you're not reading his word, you're not going to know them. And so you don't know which ones apply to which situation. This is why it's so important for the body of Christ to fall deeply in love with the word of God. Because you won't have the knowledge of which promise applies to this situation. And when you don't know the promises of God, the panic takes over. And let me just tell you, panic is a horrible leader. Because it goes everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Right? I get scattered and make no progress. Is that just me or is anyone else bearing witness with this? It's a horrible leader. I have to choose his, his promise over my panic. And in, in that moment, I, I received um, something that the human mind can't really comprehend. I received his peace. His word calls it the peace that passes all understanding. So in the middle of a world that is out of control, I can be at peace. As he speaks not just to the wind and the waves and the circumstances of life, but he speaks to my heart and says, quiet, be still, stop. Put your faith back in me. Don't listen to the voice of your panic. Remember my promise. Remember the things that I told you were gonna happen. They haven't happened yet. Remember I said, let us cross over. We're going to get there, even if panic tells you you're not. I choose to trust his promise over my panic. I'll say it this way. Letting go of control takes a lot less effort than trying to control everything. Man, that's true, isn't it? I can relax because I'm not busy trying to pull puppet strings and make people bend to my will. Some of you wouldn't know what to do with your life if you weren't busy trying to make people obey you. Let me just tell you, it's better on the other side of that. I've, I've been there, and it's exhausting. It's exhausting. But when Jesus says, let's cross over, we can put faith in the word that he's given us. We're going to make it. You're going to be okay. Let's cross over. When he says it, it's settled. And we have a, we have a statement in Christianity um, that we still say sometimes, and it's, it's this. Um, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Anybody remember that? God says it, I believe it, and it's settled. Actually, there's, there's a problem with that, because if God said it, it's settled, whether you believe it or not. <laughs> he doesn't need your help to make it true. God said it. It's settled already. Now, I really hope that you'd believe it. That's my heart 
That's my hope for you today, that you would put your confidence in his word, that you'd understand his promises, that you would dig into his word and find the promises you can claim for yourself. Put your faith and hope and trust in those words, but it doesn't make it any less true. I love that about our God's word, is that me believing in it doesn't make it true. Me not believing in it doesn't make it a lie. It's already settled. His word is truth because he's the truth. So I have to learn to listen to the voice of truth over the voice of my panic that will lie to me and tell me this is the end. Why? Because I got a little wet. Because the rain messed up my hair. Like, easy, calm down. But it'll mess with you. And in those moments where life is getting into your boat, you will make some crazy decisions as you choose to rely upon your own knowledge, your own skill set, your own wisdom, your own thoughts, your own resources. We will use everything within our power to try to fix things to put them back in control. And this is one of the things I find so much humor in in this story because how bad would the storm have to be for experienced fishermen to have to ask a carpenter for advice? <laughs> your men, ain't you? Isn't this what you do? Is this your first storm? Is this your first rodeo? How bad would it have to be for you like, hey, Y'all need to wake up Jesus or we're, we're gonna die. And when you wake him up, make sure you give him a piece of your mind too. Because I guess he doesn't even care. <laughs> down there sleeping. There's three foot of water down there. <laughs> What's wrong with that? How bad does it have to be before we start letting go of what we think we know and rely upon what, what he knows? How bad does it have to be in our lives before we will surrender control and start to trust? And could it be that we could avoid a lot of emotions and a lot of heartache and a lot of frustrations if we would just choose to trust him no matter if the storm comes or if it doesn't? That's good. Third service needs to hear that. You guys don't need to hear that. <laughs> but that's good. How Does it have to continually get worse before we'll just, you know what, God, I'm gonna take you at your word and I choose to trust. I trust you. You've proven yourself to me. You've always been good to me. You've helped me through everything to this point. I know that you're gonna help me through this. So I don't have to fix it. I'm just gonna talk to the fixer. And he's either gonna calm the storm or he's gonna calm me. But either way, we're getting through this. Number three, I choose to trust the Holy Spirit over my emotions. And this is the most important thing that I can tell you today. The voice of our emotions have somehow, in some crazy world, become today's version of truth. And I want you to see how foolish and harmful that is. If I feel it, it must be true because I feel it. How insane is that? We are consumed by the spirit of insanity that tells us anything that we feel has to be the truth. And the only way that that can happen is if we've thrown out the truth. It matters that you spend time with your father. It matters that you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak to you. He still speaks. Let me say it this way. You will never trust a person or a God that you don't know. 
And the only way that you get to know him is by spending time in his word, spending time in prayer, knowing this, that anything that God's gonna tell you is always going to line up 100% in agreement with his word. He doesn't contradict his word. So when people come into my office, like I'm going through a storm right now and I'm feeling like it's time for me to divorce my wife and I'm gonna marry her sister because I feel like God's word gives me a peace about it. I'm like, you're a moron. I have a peace about it, Pastor. No, you don't. <laughs> what you're calling peace, I'm calling a lie. You've chosen to put your faith in something that could not possibly be true. Why? Because God's word doesn't say that. I'm continually shocked by people that will call the voice of the Holy Spirit something that completely disagrees with his word and say it must be God because I have peace. And let me just tell you, as, as, as a person who, who knew life before Christ, uh, I can manufacture peace. For about 50 bucks, I can manufacture peace. I can feel real good for about 15 or 20 minutes. Yes? <laughs> We can do things to manufacture peace. You can, you can have a spa day, <laughs> get your nails and your hair did, get a massage, and now, you know what? I have a peace about it now. Okay, no, that's not peace. You relaxed. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now, I'm encouraging you. Have, relax. Great. Pamper yourself. Enjoy your day. That, that's a great thing. But if you don't understand God's word, if you don't understand the voice of the Holy Spirit, then we're gonna mislabel things as the word of God just because we've manufactured some peace and fooled ourselves into believing that God must approve of it. If you don't know his word, you've got an issue there. And my, my, my heart is to encourage you to spend time in his word. If you've never picked up the Bible before, start in 1 John. 1 John is the greatest place to start. Don't start in Genesis. It's just going to confuse you by the time you get to the book of Numbers. Just trust me. You're going to be fine. We'll get there later. Start in 1 John. But for your sake, start somewhere. Because my reading of six scriptures on a Sunday morning cannot be enough for you. Our world is out of control. And it's time for the church to fall back in love with his word so that we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and recognize the difference between our emotions and what God is saying to us. You need to be able to hear him and you can hear from him. It's, it's not as difficult as you think. It just takes a little practice. Some of us are like Alan Iverson. Practice. Practice. Yes, practice. Spend time in his word. Practice it. It's good for you. Is this okay? It's good for you. I wrote this down earlier. I want to make sure that I say this. If, if God's word doesn't apply in a storm, then where does it? As we're finishing up today, I want to remind you of a couple of things. That our choices have to be based upon the word of God if they're ever going to lead us out of a place where we're led by our feelings. It is something most disconcerting. It's, it's very discouraging as a pastor to see the body of Christ that has no idea what his word says. But yet we will blog about it and post about it and use it to bully people because we heard a scripture taken out of context and we will use it to, to throw it in somebody else's face. That bothers me on a deep emotional level because I have a holy respect for his word. It matters what this word, what this word says and it matters how you use it. It matters deeply. You have to know his word. He wants to speak to you. 
And so I implore you, I beg you this week, spend time in the word of God. How much time? Any, any, just start. Get into his word. Let him lead you. Let him speak to you. Get to know his heart. Get to know his character. Get to know his ways. And then he won't settle for the foolish voice of your emotions when the world gets out of control. When I choose trust over control, then I begin to see the supernatural hand of God. I know this to be true in my own life. I've walked through some horrible failures. I've walked through times in my life where I came to the end of my control and my ability to do things, and that is exactly where God wanted me. I've learned that I can't control people, that it is not my job to control a church. I can't control the people that I voted for. I can't control the people that I love. I can't control the people I don't love. I was not built to have control, and you ought to be thankful for that. But I've learned that choosing to trust God and that he's in control has been the greatest gift that God could ever give me. In those moments where God proves his greatness, we start seeing miracle after miracle after miracle. Why? Because you've taken your hands off of it and allowed God to begin to fight your battles for you. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The moment that you continue to take up your weapons is the moment that God lays his down. Okay, you fight this by yourself. Like, Lord, no, no, no. I, I want to fight what you're fighting. <laughs> I want to be on your side. As we finish up today, I want to remind you of the goodness of God, the goodness of his nature. I want to remind you of his promises that are for you. I want to remind you of the voice of the Holy Spirit that's still speaking, that wants to help you. My friend, life gets out of control quickly. Our world has spun out of control. There is no hope that it will ever be in, in, in control by anybody. The good news is it was always under his control. He knows what he's doing. Let me remind you of the children's song. He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 Got you and me, brother. Remember, sometimes the simplest things will remind us that I don't have to have control. I just have to know the one that does. Would you bow your heads as we finish up today? For those of you watching online, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for tuning in today. If you'd do me a huge favor, would you share this message with your friends? We're living in a time that the world has spun out of control and people need to hear the truth of God's word. So click the share button. That would mean a lot to us if you would do that. Also wanna thank you for those of you that are supporting us financially and remind you of this simple thing. I've asked you before and I wanna make sure that you hear me. Um, if we are not your home church, if this is not the place where God has planted you, if this is not the place where you're getting fed the word of God, please do not send your tithe here. Churches all over the world need your financial support. They're in desperate times. Many, many churches are closing their doors. And so I wanna make sure that you hear me. Um, if God has led you here, that is great. Your job is to support this ministry. If God has not led you here and we're just a church that you're, that you're tuning into, I'm so glad that you're here, but please don't send us your financial support. Your church needs it. God will always take care of us. He always has, he always will. Thank you for tuning in today. For everyone else, I wanna invite you 
as we have heads bowed and eyes closed, I wanna invite you into a place where you can be honest before the Lord, real and transparent about where you're at. If you've been fighting for a sense of control, feeling like you've got so many plates that are spinning that you're having a difficult time managing your emotions, managing your energy levels, managing your ability to focus and give the, the things that need your help, your attention. If, if that's you, nobody's looking at you. You're not looking at anyone else. Would you just lift your hand all over this place? Yes, wow, yes, wow. If you're watching online and that's you, just, just type in the chat, that's me. Because I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna believe that as we begin to pray, God is going to do what only he can do, begin to change your heart and begin to speak peace to your storm. You know, his word tells us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That because he has calmed storms, he is still calming storms. He will always calm storms. It's just a matter of us letting go of control and giving that situation to him. So right where you are, I want to invite you to do something that you may have never done before. Would you just open up your hands and place them on your knees as if someone was handing you a gift as a sign of surrender and being open to the Holy Spirit? I want to invite you to open yourself to him. Good. I want to ask you to pray. And the prayer is simply this. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Will you help me? Show me what to let go of and show me what to hold on to. Show me what to trust and what to ignore. I need your help. I don't want to fight you for control. Help me. Father, I pray for my friends all across this place and those watching online. I pray that right now you would speak peace to every single storm. I pray that the wind would bow to the authority of your name. I pray that the waves would be stilled because of the authority of your name. I pray that you would begin to speak over every situation that we cannot control. We speak now to sickness and to disease. We speak now to fear and anxiety and stress, worry. We speak now to that spirit of control. Father, we need your help. We need your help. Lord, we confess, Lord, today, right here and right now, our, our complete dependency upon you and upon your promises, upon your word. We need you. We are 100% dependent upon you. Would you come? Would you help us? Would you show us what to do? Would you bring your power, your authority into this storm? We need your help. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do on our behalf. You're a good God. And we are trusting and believing you for good things. In Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, I want to ask you one last question. Do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? Is there a moment in your life where you can look back on and say, I, I made a decision to ask Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and to save me? Because if you don't know that that moment happened in your life, then this is going to be your moment. This part is for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you can say, I want Jesus. I want him to forgive me of my sins. Or maybe you're saying, like, like I was, I used to go to church, but I've gotten away from God. I need to come home. I need to make things right between me and him. How do I do that? I want to help you like someone helped me one time. Right where you are, I want to lead you in a prayer. 
and just say this prayer with me and I'll help you. The prayer goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you came, you died, but rose from the grave so that I could have life. I believe that you can forgive me of my sins. So I ask you to do that. Forgive me. Give me your life as I lay down mine. I don't want to live my life my way anymore. I give it to you. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that was you, you say, Pastor, I prayed with you. That was me. Let me just see your hand lifted up nice and high and proud all across this place. Good, I see you. Good, I see you. Good for you. Good for you. So proud of you. If that's you and you're watching online, in the comment section, just say, that was me. And you've come this far, I'm wondering if you'll take the next step. You see, the greatest next step for you is to let somebody know what just happened inside of your heart. The easiest way to do that is just by text. You can text me. Would you do me a favor and text the words, I prayed, it's actually all one word, I-P-R-A-Y-E-D, to the number on your screen, it's 844-HRC-TEXT. If you're in the room with us today and you just prayed that prayer, would you text me? And what's gonna happen when you text me is I'm gonna send you some things that help you understand what just happened inside of your heart and what to do next. That'd be my gift to you. I wanna help you, I wanna encourage you. I wanna remind you that this is not the end of your walk with Jesus. This is the beginning and it's a beautiful thing. I'm very proud of you. Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me if you would, then stand to your feet. As we finish up today, I wanna just remind you that I love you. I'm so proud of you for continuing to gather together as believers when our world is busy trying to divide us. I'm proud of you, good for you. There are a couple of things that are happening uh, that I want your attention for. And uh, as we finish up, remind you of those two things. Number one, groups are launching all across this city. We would love for you to be a part of a group. If you're watching online, we do have some virtual groups. And so if you're uh, at a place where you're not comfortable being around a lot of people, this is for you. We would love to be in a virtual group with you, whatever it takes to make sure that you know that there are a group of people that love you, care about you, and that, uh, that want your hearts, that want your experiences. We would love to see you in a group. Great things happen in groups. So you can sign up for those online if you'd like, but we'd love to see you be a part of that. It's gonna be good for you. Second thing is Unite is happening. That September 16th is on a Thursday night. We have done uh, some incredible things in this city by partnering together with some other churches to bring in some world-class leaders and speakers to Longview, not, not on some screen, in person. People always have a simulcast, like, come on, simulcast. I wanna see the real person. Let's see what color their shoes are. See if they wear white pants after Labor Day. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> but we have uh, the Buck Commander himself, Willie Robertson from Duck Dynasty, is coming here. Uh, he's excited. He's asked if he could bring his, um, his huge mobile home and bring all of his friends. I'm like, yes. I have no idea who's, who's, who's coming with him, but it's a bunch of people from Louisiana, and we love them. They're like our less smart cousins. <laughs> All our LSU fans are like, stop picking us. We've been through enough today. Uh, we also have the, the, the amazing Christine Kane is coming here. And if you have never heard Christine Kane speak, let me just tell you, girl, <laughs> you gotta hear Christine Kane speak. She is powerful. And the word that she has for our city, you need to hear this. We have Tim Ross from Embassy City Church. And if you don't know who Tim Ross is, you need to come hear him because in about five years, you're gonna know who Tim Ross is. He is an up and coming superstar for the kingdom of God, doing amazing things. You're gonna wanna hear what God has put on their heart for our city. And so um, I, I wanna ask you to do a couple things. Number one, uh, come. 
please come. You can check out uh, beltercenter.com has, has tickets. Um, we would love to see you there. Second thing is, would you pray? Because I promise you this, um, you have no idea the warfare that happens in the spiritual realms when churches start to try to work together. It is nuts. And it's taken all that we can do to continue to try to maintain unity in the midst of the world spinning out of control. But it's happening, and it's a beautiful thing, and I want to support it. I hope that you're with me. So Unite is happening, groups are happening, and we'd love to see you be a part of those. We have our elders here. They're gonna stay here at the front. If you have any prayer requests, we would love to pray for you. For everyone else, let me bless you and send you out. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I pray you bless them with an incredible week, following after your heart and your word, spending time with you, getting to know you better. In Jesus' name, and everyone said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an amazing week.